1: FM 89.9. Good morning. It's 7.07 a.m. on Wednesday, the 1st of November. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mukhtar with Wang Xiaoning. In half an hour, we're going to discuss policy recommendations to strengthen the care economy and give due recognition to the importance of care work in society. But as always, we're going to kickstart this morning and this month with a look at how global markets closed overnight.
0: Oh, yes, because the Dow was all in the green. Well, actually, all American markets were in the green, the major ones at least. The Dow was up 0.4%, S&P 500 up 0.7%, and the Nasdaq was also up 0.5%. But do note that this is the third consecutive month in which the major US markets actually ended in the red. And it's been the first time since the pandemic. So it's three consecutive months. I don't know whether this is the signal that markets are heading towards you know, a bad one. And meanwhile, in Asia, it's somewhat mixed. Nikkei was up 0.5%. Hang Seng down 1.7%. Shanghai Composite down 0.1%. Singapore Straits Times up by 0.1%. And the FBM-KLCI up by 0.2%.
1: So for some thoughts on what's moving international markets, we have on the line with us Jack Kuzi, Director for Strategy at VFS Group. Good morning, Jack. Thanks for joining us today. Let's start off with taking a look at US tech stocks. We see that uh, stocks like Alphabet and and Meta have seen a drop in spite of stronger-than-expected earnings last quarter. Why are investors pivoting out of tech shares?
2: Good morning, guys. Um, yeah, you kind of alluded to it before you uh, introduced me. I mean, we're in correction territory, um, and maybe we start to get towards bear territory. You noted that it's the third straight month that indices in the U.S. have been down. The question about tech is, let me put, let me give you a scenario for your listeners out there. Okay, let me give you a holiday scenario, of Jacuzzi <laughs> family. So, you know, a couple of times a year we travel overseas, and as my girls get older, we tend to carry more luggage, right? My wife's always got two bags, and now we've got a few more bags for the young for the young girls as they grow and they've got more of. And because I'm very cheap and I want to save on money, I try to carry those bags <laughs> from the luggage container or the carousel to the taxi Um, and as the bags get heavier and heavier there's only so much weight i can carry and that is what is happening now in tech stocks there is only so much weight that the magnificent seven can carry if we look at broadly about what's happened this year you know industrials are down uh, utilities are down discretionaries are down non-cyclicals are down You know, then we've had the final breakdowns, the resources are down. Now energy's, you know, started to collapse. Um, You can't have a stock market made up of seven stocks. And I think that's what is starting to really weigh down on markets, that these, you know, five, six or seven stocks can't carry the weight of the entire stock market that they've had. Otherwise, it's not called a stock market. So I think sentiment's changing. If you're looking for profits to sell where they're only, you know, in a handful of stocks and there's a lot for the market to start to carry, you've got, uh, you know, an ongoing Middle East crisis, you still got waging war in in Europe. Um, You've still got the consumer that's still strong inflation, that's still consistent and sticky um, and yields that are going up um, and that are at historical highs. So, I think the market's got a lot to carry, um, and it can no longer, the sentiment is no longer, we can just rely on these seven stocks for a rally, and that's why we're seeing a sale. And you brought up Meta as a perfect example. I mean, I thought the report was magnificent. Mm. You know, margins increased, um, sales had increased, revenue was up. You know, the guidance wasn't great, but I thought it was a magnificent quarter for a stock that's done very well. But you know, that, that thing's up 100% this year. Um, So I think sentiment's starting to change. And then when we talk about higher rates, we need to adjust our valuations. And we've done that pretty much for every single sector except those massive tech stocks. And it's been warranted. Free cash flow. I know all the reasons. But I think that sentiment is now turning um, as we continue to adjust for these higher for longer rates.
0: Jack, that makes me very worried about Apple. Then their results are coming out uh, U.S. Mm. Thursday night, right? And they, and Apple yep. alone makes up seven percent of the S and P five hundred market cap. Nice. So, what are your expectations when it comes to their earnings and the recent release of their new computer and laptops? Are you do you think that's a game changer?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, should you be worried about this quarter? Possibly, you know. Are you? Am I worried about? apple long term no um but we go back to that sentiment um look iphone sales are going to be critical uh you know we've seen the huawei um mate phone do really well so you know we do expect china's going to lag um i do expect that ipad sales um, i watch i think we're going to see double digit decreases on that i did see the release of the m3 chip um and some possible you know, cost cutting in terms of the purchases of hardware. I think that's going to be good for them going forward, but I don't think it's necessarily going to help this quarter or the next quarter. We've got to remember, you know, these hardware sales are now suffering from, you know, economic growth that has lagged across the globe, uh, and that's going to lead into consumer discretionary products like Apple. The question about this quarter is, is can services overcome the decrease in the hardware Uh, sales and where will they you know where what will they say in the call now you've got to remember Apple hasn't guided since 2020 so I'm not expecting any guidance but it'll be interesting to see what what they say about what China's happening um, and how the consumer is is reacting in in the US and globally so am I worried about Apple long term no you know we all know that I guess the the tubes and the the avenues that they've built. But, you know, we've got to expect that that this might not be the quarter that everybody was expecting, you know, three months ago with the release of the iPhone 15.
0: Okay, so Jack, if you're nervous about markets correcting even further, what should we do? Mm. Should we stay invested, stay the cost because in the longer term, equities are supposed to outperform other asset classes or actually start looking at cash?
2: Yeah, I think bonds look very attractive. I mean, you look at your 3, your 6, year 12. I mean, if you annualize them, you know, there's over a 5, 5.5% yield there. I think they're looking quite attractive, um, particularly with what we're seeing in terms of, you know, if the US is starting to issue more paper. Uh, they need to raise revenue. Um, you've got the Japanese who might be net sellers, the Chinese that are net sellers of these bonds. I mean, they're going to have to attract it. Um, with higher yields, so I think they're going to be really attractive um, for investors. Look, I'm I'm not off tech at all. You know that I, I'm a big believer in, in major tech, but we're starting to see a correction that will produce buying opportunities at the moment. But I just don't think we can expect them to continue to carry that weight that they've done um, for the last 12 to 18 months going forward. But we really like where bonds are placed at the moment, and you know we were really hesitant to go to that 60 40. Um, last year, and that proved to be quite successful for us. But we're starting to move towards that 60-40 model going forward.
1: All right, Jack, in about the two mi- two, two minutes or so that we have, can we take a look at central bank uh, policy? Because we do see uh, the FOMC convening this week. I'm sure they're convening right now, uh, looking to see what Jerome Powell is doing. The RBA is going to convene next week. How do you yeah. think uh, Governor Michelle Bullock is going to navigate uh, what's happening? Will Is she likely to raise rates in RBA's meeting?
2: Firstly, I love how you gave me the two minute call. I know I tend to talk a little bit right at the end. Uh, My anticipation is the FOMC will do nothing. Um, Locally here, I think they're gonna raise rates. Uh, And I think the reason why they're gonna raise rates is um, our property prices continue to spiral out of control, particularly in the inner cities. Uh, And I think they're very concerned about that and the ongoing effects it has for uh, for the broader economy. Um, So she's paused twice recently coming in, we do have Melbourne Cup Day, which is our race that stops the nation on that day so it's a perfect time to slip it under the cracks, Uh, but I think they will raise and I think the reason they will raise, particularly is because of where housing prices have gone in the major cities of Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane.
1: Jack, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Jack Kuzi, Director for Strategy at VFS Group, uh, talking to us about some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. Ending there with a look at how central banks might position themselves. FOMC expected to stay pat. The RBA expected to raise rates given uh, the high prices of housing in Australia.
0: Yeah, this Australian housing market baffles me. It seems to be like a, you know, like a Teflon pen. Nothing sticks. You can, you know, raise rates, raise rates. But basically, the demand still remains so strong. And I think that if I'm the RBA governor, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Because if I raise rates too much, will I then push Australia into a, a recession? That is the same conundrum that the US has been grappling with. So far, the
1: recession has not struck yet, which means we are still on recession watch. I think everyone's just pushing that can down the road. Eventually, it's going to come, but nobody knows when or how big
0: or how hard. Uh, yeah, so, you know, the, the thing about markets is if you predict it enough, people forecast it, then it's not going to happen. So let's see when everybody thinks, oh, the US markets are a recession, you know, there's no chance of that, then... That's when it will happen.
1: <laughs> Very quickly, let's take a look at some of the earnings reports that have crossed our table. We do have Pfizer in front of us. Uh, they made a loss for the third quarter, but this came in narrower than expected as the drug maker recorded charges largely related to struggles for its COVID antiviral treatment, Paxlovid, and the COVID vaccine. There was a $5.6 billion charge for inventory write offs in the quarter. Due to lower than expected use of COVID products, so I think we are seeing COVID as the money maker. Definitely, uh, that's not the case anymore.
0: Yeah, so you can see that even reflected in the stock price, right? It's down forty percent on a year-to-date basis, even though they give you an indicative yield of five point three seven. The street clearly not a big fan of it because there's only thirteen buys, fourteen holds, no sells. However, the share price target is forty-one U.S. dollars and five cents during regular market hours. It was down one cent to 30 US dollars and 56 cents.
1: I think we can squeeze in one more earnings report and that's coming from Advanced Micro Devices, AMD. They reported third quarter earnings that exceeded analyst expectations, but they issued a weaker than expected forecast. It's all about the guidance, right? What's going to happen next? Uh, they, th- they see a future that's kind of soft. Earnings per share came in at 70 cents, higher than the expected uh, 68 cents and higher than the 4 cents per share it recorded a year ago. Revenue rose by 4% to 5.8 billion. US dollars. AMD is one of the few chip makers capable of making the kind of high-end graphics processing units needed to train and deploy generative AI. Yeah, but
0: a little bit soft when it comes to the chips used in data centres, which is something else they focus on. Uh, The stock is actually up 52% on a year-to-date basis. Still pretty a favourite among uh, analysts. 39 buys, 12 holes, just one sell. Consensus target price for the stock, 137 US dollars and 59 cents. Last done during regular market hours, It was actually up $2.32 to $98.50. I do believe actually when the results came out, it did tank a little bit. But during the conference call, the CEO actually managed to reinsure investors and the share price went up again.
1: (laughs) All right, we're coming up to 7.20am. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll come back to cover the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9.